G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. To be a half-hearted Christian is illogical. Present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. And especially when we're trying to determine God's will for our lives, Pastor Greg Laurie says we need to make sure our will isn't in the way. Just take your everyday life. Here it is, Lord. Here's my career. Here are my relationships. Here are my possessions. Here is everything I have. I give it all to you, Lord. Then you will know God's will. This is the day when the lost are found. hard to understand from a distance but as you get closer to God his will becomes easier to see and the best way to get close to the Lord is by removing those things that get in the way of that spiritual intimacy today on a new beginning Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to take some giant steps forward in clearing the way for discovering God's plan for our lives it's a message simply called how to know the will of God can we know God's will for our life? We wonder, does God still speak to people today? Is He actually interested in what happens to us as individuals? Does the Lord have a master plan for our lives? And if He does, how do I discover it? How can I learn how to know the voice of God? How can I discover the will of God? Here's some steps you can take to sort of prepare the ground to hear the voice of God and know His will. I'm going to read verses 1 to 2 of Romans from the New King James Version. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right? So that's what we call a conditional promise. Here's the promise. You'll know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's the conditions. I must present myself to Him and not be conformed to this world, but I must be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Notice Paul starts with the word therefore. As I've said to you before, whenever you see the word therefore, Find out what it's there for. (laughs) And it's always drawn upon what is previously said. So what has been said before uh, Paul's writing these words? Romans 12. Well, before Romans 12 is Romans 11. 
and the whole book of Romans for that matter. And what is the real message of the book of Romans? Well, it establishes clearly that we're sinners separated from God. But God loved us so much He intervened. He sent His Son who died for our sins. We must turn from that sin and put our faith in Christ. So effectively Paul's saying, hey, listen to this. In light of what God has done for you, considering the fact that Jesus has died for you and given you salvation, in light of this, therefore, I urge you, brothers. And the word that he uses here for, I beseech you. That's a King James word. Beseech. It means urge, plead. Even beg, I beg you brothers and sisters, I'm pleading with you, present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. In other words, Paul is saying, God is not saying, hey, if you wouldn't mind, could you do me a favor? God is saying, look, man, I bought you with a price. I love you, and this is what I want you to do. Give yourself to me. Another translation of these verses goes as follows, and I like this. Here's what God wants you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, drinking, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. I like that. It's take your everyday life. Here it is, Lord. Here's my career. Here are my relationships. Here are my possessions. Here is my ministry. Here is everything I have my uh, bank account. I give it all to you, Lord. I present it to you. Present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? It means we give our total being. Bodies means your total being. So we need to present our minds. Present your mind to God. What does that mean? It means fill your mind with the Word of God, not the junk of this twisted culture. Read an interesting article in the paper this week. A survey was done from a San Francisco-based nonprofit group that tracks children and their technology use. They found that teens aged 13 to 18 spend almost nine hours a day on entertainment media. Nine hours a day. Uh, that's more, by the way, than they usually sleep. And that's social media, music, gaming, or online video. So. You know, we're just glued to our phones. And we're just filling our minds with whatever is on our phone. I guess it comes down to what apps you have in your phone. I guess it comes down to what websites you visit. I guess it comes down to what videos you stream. But, uh, you know, you can put good stuff in your phone. We have a Harvest app. You probably know that. And you can go to our website and read daily devotionals. We have a Read Through the Bible program. In fact, if you're lazy, it will even read the Bible to you. While you're getting ready, you just push a little speaker and it'll read the scripture for the day. And then we've got our radio broadcast and we've got our TV show. We've got services that were just done. It's all there. It's a great app. And there's a lot of other apps put up by great ministries uh, that you can utilize. So that can be a good thing. But then you can, you know, come on, you can just be wasting a lot of time just endlessly going over Twitter and over your Instagram and, you know, how many people liked what you just posted and all that. Not that that's a bad thing, but we can become a bit obsessed with it. So fill your mind with the things of God. Present your mind to God. Philippians 4, it says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So if the things you're filling your mind with doesn't meet that criteria, then change your diet spiritually. 
Number two, we need to present our tongues. And by that I mean what we say, how we use our words. James 3.5 says the tongue is a small thing, but what serious damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. I remember I was uh, visiting a friend uh, who had a little cabin in Virginia. And so um, he let my wife and I stay there. And the problem is he didn't really have a heater. He just had a fireplace. And he had a stove that you had to fill with logs and it sort of heated this cabin, but it was very cold and you had to constantly be filling this. And I'm not a great fire starter. I live in California. I mean, my idea of logs is a Duraflame log from the market, right? <laughs> so I said, okay, this is really stupid. I'm embarrassed to even ask it, but uh, tell me how to start a fire again. Like, and they said, well, you start with kindling. I said, okay, great. Where do you buy that? No. They're <laughs> thinking, stupid Californian. Uh, you just pick kindling up off the ground. Could you go out and show me what it looks like? And so we basically, it's sort of like twigs and things like that to kind of get the fire started. So you go and grab your kindling, then you chop the logs and all that. So, uh, you know, they showed me how to do it. We used newspapers too. So I got the fire going and man, it would get so cold and I'd have to get out of bed and run in there and put another log on the fire and keep the fire going. Well, after a while, I filled this fireplace and this uh, wood-burning little uh, heating unit to the top, and I had to empty it. And so they told me, you know, put the coals in a bucket. There's a metal bucket. So I put the ash and the coals in the little metal bucket, but now the bucket was full, and I needed to empty it. And I thought, well, it's been a while. I'm sure they're cooled down. So I walked outside, and I was on the porch, and I threw the bucket out, and all this ash went out, and I saw about 25 burning embers go out to. No! And they hit the forest and it was just like four or five fires start immediately. I'm not making this up. I'm like, I almost had a heart attack. Because I'm out there in my, you know, my pajamas with the Hello Kitty slippers, the whole deal. And I'm going I'm I'm to burn the forest down. So I run in the house looking for some kind of bucket to throw water with. And they have this tiny little bucket and I run and I fill it with water and oh, I just, what am I gonna do? And I, I finally got out there and I, was pick, I picked the little burning coals up and threw them up on the gravel with my hands and all night long I kept looking through that window fearing that I'd have started a fire. Just one little coal can do that much damage and one word can do it. And now today with social media, man, you can spread a message out there that can be really false. And there's a saying that says, a lie is halfway around the world while truth is still putting its shoes on. <laughs> and you know, today we can just, I'll tweet this out. Who knows if it's true? I'll just post this. Who knows if it's accurate? I'll just pass this along because someone else said it and I'm sure they did the research. Yeah, well, wait a second. That could damage someone's character. That, that could hurt somebody deeply. And we don't think about things like that. So we need to present our tongues and should I also say our posts. Glad you've joined us today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. And we're learning from Romans chapter 12 how important it is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And Pastor Greg is showing us that that's a prerequisite to discovering God's will for our lives. Let's continue. We need to present our hands and our feet our hands and our feet. Proverbs 6 says, there's six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, that means arrogant eyes. 
a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, and feet that race to do wrong. How much better it is to dedicate our hands and our feet to God. Romans 10, 15 says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. So instead of using my hands and feet for destruction and tearing down, I use them to build up and to help and to bring the message of the gospel. That's good use of your life. And by the way, this is the logical thing to do. To present my personality, to present my mind, to present my words, to present my tongue, to present my hands and my feet. It's a logical thing to do. Paul says in verse 1, I urge you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present yourself to Him as a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable service. And the phrase reasonable service can be translated the logical thing to do. In other words, to be a half-hearted Christian is illogical. You know, when I came to Christ, I came out of complete darkness. You know, I was raised by my crazy alcoholic mother living her wacky life. But then I myself made a lot of bad decisions and got into drugs and my life had just gone downhill. And when I heard the gospel, I believed in Jesus. I put that whole life behind me. I wanted nothing to do with it anymore and I was ready to go for it. So I started going to Bible studies and I started you know, learning scripture and learning what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And I met a few people that were kind of trying to live in two worlds. And I looked at them like, what is wrong with you? I've just come out of that. And I've seen things that a person should never see. And you do not want to flirt with that world. You know, and they, they were kind of living in two worlds, you know. And I thought, that doesn't make any sense at all because I know where that leads. And I think in the same way, here's what Paul is saying. Don't try to live in two worlds. I mean, it's logical, it makes sense to dedicate everything to God. That means as you grow older, your commitment should grow stronger. You should be more committed to Christ at 57 than you were at 17. You know, it's cute when a little baby needs help, you know, eating, or maybe they need their diaper changed, or you need to watch over them, but it's not cute when they're 40. I've met believers that have known the Lord for years and it's like they've never grown. It's like they're in a state of suspended animation. There's that same person always struggling, always having a hard time, always falling back and recommitting, falling back, recommitting. It's like, man, come on. Get with the program here. Totally commit yourself to God and do it every day and be filled with the Spirit and live a pure life and have an attitude of gratitude. Start putting those things into play. This is what God wants you to do. So number one, present yourself to God. Here's point number two if you want to know God's will. Don't be conformed to this world. Look at Romans 12 again. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now what do we mean when we say the world? You know, sometimes we throw this term around a lot as Christians. I mean, that's really worldly. Don't be worldly. What does that mean to be worldly? Uh, sometimes if someone is a little fashionable, that's worldly, man. You shouldn't be in style. You should be lame like me and even talk like this because it's spiritual. No, you're just weird, okay? That's all that is. That's religious weirdness. You don't even know what you're talking about. Try to understand what the Bible means when it says the world. 
When we talk about the world in a biblical sense, God is not speaking of the earth or the planet. The Bible even says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God gave us this beautiful planet that we live on to enjoy. Now when the Bible speaks of the world, it's speaking of a mentality. It's speaking of a culture. It's speaking of a sinful way of thinking and living. And the Bible tells us that the whole world is in the sway of the wicked one, meaning Satan. So he's the one that's manipulating the evil, horrific, godless things that are happening today. Here's what 1 John 2.15 says from a modern translation defining the world. Listen, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world with all of its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. I like that translation. Uh, the King James says, I love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, uh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But that's just a modern way of saying sort of a self-obsession, where it's all about you. Everything's about you, this selfishness that can drive us. Don't live that way. Don't be conformed. And the word conform is an interesting word that Paul uses. It refers to the act of assuming an outward appearance that does not accurately reflect what is within. Let me say that again. The idea conveys this, assuming an outward appearance that is different than who you really are on the inside. Sort of like Halloween, you know, when we dress up on Halloween. You know, so you take on this persona, I'm this person, but you're really not that person. I've told you about these wacky warning labels that are out there, you know, that they put on different items that you may buy or whatever, or things that you use warnings that you should not use these things for the wrong purposes. This is a wacky warning label, I'm not making this up, on a Superman costume. It says, wearing this suit does not enable you to fly. <laughs> this is actually on a Superman costume. I'm thinking, you know why that's there. Because someone somewhere <laughs> probably climbed up a tree or maybe even on a roof and off they went. So. You're assuming a persona that's not really you. You say, well, what does that mean? The Bible's saying, don't act like you are something you are not. The Phillips translation puts it this way. Don't let this world squeeze you into its mold. Don't be a poser. Don't be a wannabe. Don't worry so much about being cool. Focus on being godly. That's the thing. Be godly. To me, the coolest thing around is a godly man, a godly woman, someone that doesn't cave into culture and march in lockstep with what everyone else says they should do. A person, a man, a woman, a young person who thinks for themselves because they think biblically and they do what is right. And that's what God is saying. Don't act like you belong to this world. Don't be ashamed of who you are as a follower of Jesus. We're living in a time where you can catch a lot of flack for being a Christian. We're living in a time where you may be ridiculed, you may be even physically assaulted for being a follower of Christ. In some cases, some have even been killed for their faith. And we even hear more of that these days, sadly. 
But 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we endure, we'll reign with Him. If we've disowned Him, He will disown us. Don't disown Christ. Stand up for Christ. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know God's will. So start there. Pastor Greg Laurie with some very practical insight on how we can discover God's will for our lives. And tomorrow he returns with the final installment in his message series, What Every Growing Christian Needs to Know. I hope you can join us same time tomorrow for more on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called How to Know the Will of God. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.